Hello, my name is James Pikeway. Welcome to Calm 230 in the Summer, class number four. What are we doing in this class? Pretty simple. We're talking about organizing a speech. We're talking about some of the things you need to think about in the physical organization. Introduction, conclusion, three points with examples or stories. A little bit of transition action. And of course, how are we organizing all the ideas? Chronologically? Causally? You pick. There's more. That's where we're going. This is Calm 230 in the summer. And a little uh, asterisk here. What you're not getting in this class is the areas where my students are interacting with me. Those have been edited out. And there's a couple example areas also. Again, lots of interaction there. Those have been edited out. But otherwise, this is it. This is my summer class. Public speaking. Calm 230 in the summer. James Pikeway. Here we go. The reason I want to share my screen is remember Thursday is your first speech and you're doing that speech in Zoom, just like we've been talking as we've been doing. As you're getting ready for that, in fact, next class, I'll let you know the order that you're speaking. I just kind of random generate them. I put it through a random generator and say, so I'll give you that order next class. This sheet that I've put up is the sheet that essentially, this is the stuff you want to be thinking about as, as you're doing your, your speeches. We, what we're not going to have at this point really is this non-verbal components. Although this conveys enthusiasm, that's really important. Shows preparedness, that's really important. I'm not going to see your facial expressions. I'm not going to see your gestures. I'm not going to see your postures. I'm not going to see your general uh, appearance. And I'm not going to see your eye stuff. So what I am interested in is conveys enthusiasm preparedness, etc. We are very interested in this and very interested in introduction, very interested in conclusion, and of course, that you've got organized main points. So these things are all really important as, and again, it's it's not, not hidden. These are all the things I keep talking about as you're, you're doing your presentations. How do you get better at this? Practice it, be honest with yourself as you're listening to yourself. It, it's really that simple. It's not, it's not difficult as, as you're doing this. It, it really just involves thinking about how I'm putting this together and, and keeping in mind that you want it to be an absolutely spectacular presentation. That's what you're aiming at. You just want to do something that is awesome. And every time, and I, I don't think to me, this is not, this is not hard. This is not unacceptable. It's not something that oh, I'm, 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 I'm upping it up too much. This is just the way you want to do it all the time. This is, this is the way. And I, I am convinced everyone can do this. So the, the first thing that you want to be thinking about is we have a reading for this week. It's chapter eight from the public speaking project.org. And you can download it in color. You can download it in black and white. I highly, highly recommend you get that reading. Do download it. Do take a look at it. And it's all about organizing your speech and thinking about the organizational style that you're going to be using. And so if you take a look at the outline of what is here, there are lots of little tips, lots of little things that become very useful 
as you're thinking about your speech. And, and that's really where we're at. And so this is when I, when I say you want to do the readings for your speeches, which you do, you want to take a look at the readings. And the question that, that people often ask is, well, do I have to read everything? And that's a, oh, hold a second here. That's, that's a, a tough question because, oh, hold on a second here. That's a tough question because do you have to do all the readings really depends. And uh, there are many parts of the readings that are important and useful, but there are other parts that you might say, oh, I already know that. So when we're, 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 dealing with thinking about your topic. Well, I'm giving you the topics, right? So then you need to narrow it down. Do you need to go in and do a, a complete review of the purpose statement thesis of a speech? Maybe not. Maybe, you know, you read the first part before we, we work can be done and crafting the body of your speech, a, a presentation, you must first do the prep work, selecting a topic. Hey, I'm giving you the topic. So now you've got to select a little bit more detail. Do you need to read through all of this material on how to go about selecting a topic and writing a thesis statement and formulating the purpose of the speech, etc. Maybe not. Maybe you know that already. If you don't, if you want if you want a little bit more uh, in-depth thinking on it, then absolutely go and read all of the pieces. If you don't need to, don't. But it's there and and much of it is very, very useful. And I think one of the, the important parts to always keep in mind as you're putting together a speech is to think, as he says right here, what's the purpose of your speech? So, okay, I'm doing an informative speech. And so the purpose of the speech is to inform people about something. What do I want to inform them about? Well, I'm talking about me. Okay, what about me? am I trying to, to sort through? So what's my thesis statement? That I'm a happy person, I'm a sad person, I'm a fun person. You know, who's the real me? What's, what's that thesis statement that you're going to be proving throughout your point, throughout your speech? So I think that's important to, to start thinking now. And how does this fit in? Go back to the very beginning of the class today. What's one of the big things that I said over and over and over again to many of, of you as you were speaking. It's one of the big things. Who wants to fire in? Does anyone have an idea? What was one of the big things? Anyone want to jump in? Oh, let's not do this. Does anyone want to jump in? What was one of the big things that I said you want to be careful and you want to think about? Anyone? Anyone want to fire it in? You can fire it in as a comment. You can open up your mic and fire it in. Anyone have something? What was one of the big things that I said for many people not to do. Plagiarism. Oh, plagiarism. That, that is good. You don't want to plagiarize, but that's not it. So this is in your speech. So, but that was very good. You don't want to plagiarize. Never plagiarize. It's, it's, it's horrible. And it's, it, you know, you know, the thing is, and it's, and I always say this to people, I say, you, you know who plagiarizing hurts? And this is not the answer to the question, but you know who plagiarizing hurts? It only hurts you. And I always say it only hurts you because when you look at yourself in the mirror, yeah, okay, maybe it, it helped you in the short term to get a better grade and maybe it made it faster and maybe you didn't have time. And there's all, we justify it in many ways. But it doesn't speak well to us as good people 
as people who are are you know trustworthy, etc. It says it only says bad things about us. So plagiarism, just don't do it. Do not talk about stuff you don't know. About. Okay, that's very good, Maha. So very. So back to what we're saying. Don't talk about stuff you don't know. Exactly. So talk about you. <laughs> and this is your first speech, but and other speeches as well. Pick things that you're going to talk about in your speech that you know about. But that's that is not actually what I was talking about. So in in today's presentations that you did on introducing us to what you do in your favorite in your spare time, what was one of my cr criticisms? What was something that several of you did that I said, don't do that? Who's got an idea? You can either turn on your mic or fire it through on a comment. I love the mic preferably, but you could do the comment. What's something I did? Think about, think about, think about as you were listening to people talk about their favorite things. Um, yeah. Focus on something and not like a lot of things and give so many details. Exactly. Focus in. Focus in on, on something and give the details on that. So this becomes really important when we start talking about, okay, so let me just get rid of some stuff. That is exactly the point. Let me get rid of these things here. So when we start talking about our speeches, one of the things that becomes really important is that you're thinking about that organization. You're thinking, how am I pulling my speech together. And as you start thinking about pulling the speech together, let me just change screens here for a second. As you start thinking about pulling your speech together, remember there are really five parts to a speech. The first part is the intro. Second part is point one. Third part is point two, fourth part is point three, and the fifth part is the conclusion. So as you're thinking about any speech, as you're thinking about any speech, what you want to be thinking about is, okay, before you start writing it, and this is, this is like doing an essay, before you start writing your speech, you want to be thinking about, okay, what am I doing? Oh, I'm doing a speech on me. What do I want to talk about me? I want to talk about how I'm this amazing artist that people don't know exists. I want to talk about how I'm a risk taker. I want to talk about, and think, okay, I want to talk about a risk taker. So what am I actually going to talk about? And someone might say, oh, I'm going to talk about the coffee run. I'm going to talk about dune bashing. I'm going to talk, it's like, no, 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 no. You might, in your intro, talk, hey, I, you know, people might know me as the dune basher. They might know me as the colorful person. They might know me as this. But what I want to talk about is who's the real me. The real me is, and then come, focus in on something. Focus in on that something. And then, so if I'm going to focus in on maybe uh, I'm the coffee maker, or maybe I love to, who, my, my Agatha Christie reader. So what am I? I'm a mystery reader. I love reading mystery novels. So my intro point, why do I love reading mystery novels? What's the, so why do I love it? My, so I have my five parts. So I'm going to be talking about how I'm the, my intro would be who this is who I am, but really what am I? I'm a mystery novel lover. Boom. What do I love about, you know, I love mystery novels. Agatha Christie, why? 
why should we all also read them or what, do, you know, so I love Agatha Christie novels. I'm just, I'm just firing this out there. My first point was why do I love Agatha Christie novels? Or maybe first point, why do I love reading? Second point, why do I love Agatha Christie novels? Third point, what does this say about me with why I love the novels and why I love reading? What does that say about me? Maybe my third point is what it says about me. And then my conclusion about who the real me is bringing together the, all the things I could do, Agatha Christie novels, reading, what it says about me. Maybe, the, maybe those are my three points. Maybe not. But I would, if what you want to do as you're putting a speech together is, is literally write out, throw this on a, a piece of paper, all of the different parts, and put some space in there. And then just in point, point form, sketch in, what do you think you're going to talk about? What am I going to tell my story about? What am I going to use as an example? What are my key points going to be? Put them in there. They're not cast in stone. Just because you write them into this outline doesn't mean they're cast in stone. What it does do is it starts you to think about it. And you can cross things out and you can put new things in and you can cross them out again and you can put new things in and then you can go back to the first thing that you crossed out. You're allowed, but you want to start thinking in terms of, okay, I need an intro. I need the solid conclusion. What am I going to put in the middle? Remembering, remembering, and this is important again, as we're, we're going through this, this process, remember, as you're looking at this whole area, you're looking at four minutes. That's all you've got. So as you're looking at your speech and as you start planning it, you want to start saying, okay, how long am I going to spend on my intro? How long am I going to spend on my conclusion? I don't know. And, and there's no set time that's mandatory or that's ideal. I usually myself, 20, 30 seconds for the intro, 20, 30 seconds for the conclusion. That gives me a minute each for parts two, three, and four. I usually, I usually plan around that. That's usually where I plan to go. The, the challenge is, remember, you don't have, no, so you're, you, as you plan your speech, you've got five parts. There is a distinct possibility, let me just stop that. There's a distinct possibility that your, one of your points maybe it's your last point, is not going to happen. It's a dis there's a distinct possibility that in four minutes, as you're building up your second point and your third point, maybe you've, you've been practicing, you add in a little bit more, you realize, hey, the, this is really flowing good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to increase a little bit more. You remember, as you're practicing, you're always looking at your clock so that you know how much time you've got. And you realize, oh, it's three minutes, 30 seconds. I still haven't done point four, my fourth part. I can't do it. I'm going to have to go right into my conclusion. That's okay. That's completely allowed. But you want to make sure that you've outlined and you have an idea where you're going with those outlines. Those become super, super important as you're, you're working through your material. Make sure you're thinking about how it's all going to come together and by doing that, it allows you to write it out following through on what you're doing. And remember, when you write it out, remember, what's my big tip on writing to make your speech simply sound better and flow better? How should you write your speech? What's what's the big tip? How should you write? What should you do when you're writing your speech? Who wants to fire in? Comment or uh, my preference is just turn on your mic and say it. 
how do you write your speech? Not the way we write essays. How do we, what's the difference between writing a speech and writing an essay? Make a great true and false question. How do you write an essay and how do we, how should you write a speech? This will be an excellent question. True or false, the way we write an essay and the right way we write a speech are the same. False. Essay is all scientific. A, a speech can be scientific as well. So no, I, Maha, I, I see where you're going with that, but what do you mean? Because a, a speech and a, an essay can be very scientific. In fact, um, if you, but go on. So I feel like when you're talking about something or you're doing a speech, you add a little bit of your personality mm, in it. You do. And like you show emotions and stuff like that. But when you're writing an essay, it's just you're stating facts and that's yeah. it. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I get what you're saying. So how do you how do you write a speech and an essay differently? How do you get the emotion into a speech whereas you don't get it into an essay? Because in, in speeches, we can have vocal varieties. Oh, you're making it too complex. Content. You're adding too much. You're right, but you've make, you're making the question too complex. <laughs> You're, you're, you're over, you're overdoing it. Think simple. I'm really thinking simple here. What's the difference between the way we write a speech and the way we write a, a term paper? What's the one thing we do differently? What's the one thing you want to do differently? We said it. I've said it a bunch of times. Okay. Write this down. What, say this again. You have to talk loudly. Yeah. This talk about something, you know, that's not it, but that's that's there. What here's what it is. Write this down. When you write an essay, you write it in your head and you in your head, you then put it on paper or you you type it up. When you write a speech, write it saying it. So as you're saying the words, you say so good afternoon. My name is James Pikeway. Today, I am going to share with you my experiences as a juice maker. I'm saying it out loud and I'm writing it as I would say it. Juicing is not for everyone. Or is it? So I, I would literally be saying it and writing it as I'm saying it. So I hear the words so that I get the emotion, so that I get that personal feel to it. And as I'm writing it, as I'm writing it, I might even put in, in brackets, pause. I might even put in talk louder. I might even put in, I might put in stage cues as I'm writing it. By the time I've practiced it 20 or 30 times, I don't need those stage cues because I know it and I just know the speech as I'm saying it. But yes, essay is longer than a speech. Essay has, has more points. Yes. Uh, slow with more emotion. Yes. So, so I, I should hit everything right the, the, the short answer is when you write a speech, say it as you're writing it. When you write an essay, you tend to just do it all in your mind. And, that, and I think that goes back to Maha and what, uh, what Aisha is saying is that by saying it, you get all of that other stuff. I think that's really important. So yeah, both of you, right on. That, that's really good. That's really good stuff. And so you need to be thinking like that for all your speeches. If you write it in your head, which I'm telling you, so many students do, all that it means is you add another 30 minutes to an hour to your speech process because at some point you will have to translate it into a spoken speech from a written speech. If you write it saying out loud, you go directly to a spoken product from a written product. So why 
torture yourself and add time. Or if you write it in your head, then when you say it, it sounds like you're reading it. It sounds like you're not talking. Because what do I constantly say? Talk with us, not at us. And I'm listening very intently. Does it sound like you're speaking with us or you're speaking at us? If it sounds like you're speaking with me, I'm happy. If you're putting in the vocal variety, if you're putting in the emotion, I'm happy. That's what we need. You don't get that when you write it in your head. It gets excluded. Because as you said, and we'll go right back to, to Maha, it, 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 then it comes out as a scientific paper, which you're good at. You're good at whether you're writing a, a psych paper, whether you're writing something on advertising, whether you're writing something on how to use color in, in filming or doing an essay on perspective or something. We're good at writing essays. Now you need to take all of your essay writing skills and put it into a vocal presentation. So that becomes really, really important. Any more questions on that? Because that is huge. Write, write it, saying it out loud. Questions, questions? So back to this part here is, is just uh, really what I was, was talking about a few minutes ago and what I was showing you. This, this part here. As you organize your, your speech, introduction, point one, point two, Point three, conclusion. Point one, point two, point three have examples, stories, whatever you're going to use to illuminate your ideas. Those become the sub points. So you have your main point, point one, main point with the sub points will be in it. Point two with sub points, and those sub points could be the stories or the examples. And you could have more than one. And this is where you might find that you get off track a little bit or your time starts to, 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 to disappear on you. And so it's important that you map it out a little bit and have an idea where it's going and, and think about, say, is this too much? Am I not saying enough? Is, do I need to build on this, et cetera. But you, so you want to make sure that you've got that nice organization. Again, outlining is the key before you start writing so that you, you're, you're using your time wisely. Again, I, I'm telling you, I'm a, a huge fan of the post-it note or whiteboards. I like to see it myself. I like to see it all out in front of me. I like to put it there. I like to practice saying parts. I like to think about what am I going to do with my gestures? What am I going to do with my shoulders and all that stuff? Now, this becomes a, a bit of a challenge, as I was saying. So let me just go back because, let me go back here. This becomes a bit of a challenge because these nonverbal things uh, am I still sharing here? Let me share my screen again. I'll share this one. This becomes a bit of a challenge, as I was saying, when we start talking about all of these things, because for the most part, these nonverbal things that you do, this, 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 and this, they're not, we're not going to see them at this point, but I'm telling you, ladies, that for the most part, the way we're, we're doing this course, you're, you're getting 90% of the things that are important come from how you deliver it. These other things are super important as well because the way you're standing, the way you use your gestures, the way you put things on your face, they influence the way you sound and they influence the way you're delivering the content. So I would, I would constantly practice those pieces as well because for the majority of things you're going to do, you will be doing them either in a class and in these extraordinary times. We don't do them, but you will graduate and even ministers have to appear 
visually, male and female. And this will happen in your private businesses. They're not going to be happy. They say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come on screen. And they're going to say, maybe this job isn't for you. And the government even likes to have its members appear in their closed circuits. So you want to be thinking about all these other parts and how they influence what we're doing. They, be, they become very important. So back to where... So as you're looking at the reading, it's really important, as I said, to be thinking about organizing. So the, the, the number one thing I can say today is organizing your speech is super, super, super important. Think of outlining. Think of, think of it like an essay. Putting the pieces together. Plan it out in your mind. What I'm going to put here, what I'm going to put there, and then go and write it. I, you will save yourself enormous amounts of time. And as you're looking at it, sometimes you, I, I, even if I just do it on a desk, even if I just do it on a piece of paper, I just do it chronologically, sometimes I do that. I just put, you know, intro, and then I put point one, point two, point three, and I put the pieces down there. And then I come back and I look at it, oh, yeah, I got to put in more details. Oh, what am I going to talk about here? Oh, okay, how am I going to do that? Is that too much? Just seeing it so I can say, remember, and I, and I put right at the top, I'll put the title so that I keep seeing it. What am I talking about? Make sure that is right in front of your face so that you see it and you keep remembering it. And I put the time and I'm thinking, I'm very conscious of how much time do I have and how am I going to say that? And, and I'll, I'll put in lots of pieces that I might decide not to put into the written part, but I've got them there. And I've had some choice and I've had some ideas to brainstorm with it. I just make it literally like a construction thing. It's, it is a formula. It is a construction that I use for every single speech. Because every speech you're going to do is going to be four minutes. Every speech is going to have introduction, conclusion, and three points. And the points are going to, they're all follow the same pattern. Every speech you should do in the rest of your life will follow this pattern. Just might be longer. So you're getting used to, okay, this is how I construct this thing. It's, this is the recipe book for how I do a presentation. What becomes interesting, ladies, and this is, let me just go to today's notes. What becomes interesting as we start thinking about these things is we want to start thinking about how we're putting that together and you want to be thinking about, well, what type of speech, how is my speech going to be organized? So as you're doing this outlining, it's important to think every, so, so we got a couple things going on. So it's important to think, yes, I'm going to have a nice organization and flow. You want it, you want your, your presentation to flow. So as you're outlining it, you can, you get a sense of how is it going to flow? How is my listener going to understand what's going on? How, and you want to be thinking about how do I connect my first point to my second point, my second point to my third point, my third point to my fourth point, and then into my conclusion. How am I going to do that? Lots of people don't think about this. You remember, remember I'm just writing this down so you can see it. Remember where we are encoding ideas. You're the sender. You're encoding your ideas. And the listener is the receiver and they're decoding your ideas. So you have an encoding and decoding process taking place. Your job is to connect it through. And I'll say this again. Write this down. 
do not, are you writing this down? Do not assume, do not assume anyone can figure out how things link in your speech. Do not assume that anyone will figure out or be able to figure out how things link in your speech. You need to tell them and explain how everything connects. Yes, people are smart. Yes, people are intelligent. But don't chance it because so many things can distract them. So many things can get in the way. Tell them how it all connects. It makes your speech better and it makes it better for the person who is the receiver who's decoding. There's no errors then because you told them why this is. What is, what is, what is the unsettling, what's an unsettling movie? Why is that unsettling? How does it unsettle you? They'll get it then. If you say, oh, an unsettling movie, they may say, hmm, is that a rom-com? Is that a movie that's supposed to be good that's not good? It's important that you, you let them know. So important things, let's slow down for a second. One, important that you, you think about outlining your speech. Introduction and conclusion, what are you going to put in there? Point one, point two, point three, with subpoints in there. And those subpoints could be the stories or the examples that you're using to exemplify what you're doing. Everything, this is again that big note. So you want to put a big asterisk, one of those things, right? The big star, big star. Everything needs to flow and connect together. How does, how does the first story connect to the second point? How does the second point connect to the second story? How does the second story connect to the example? How does that connect? You need to be thinking as you're organizing it, how's this going to connect? How, how does this flow together? Does it have a natural flow? And so some of those connections, and we'll talk about those transitions. Transitions are what connections are. How you transition might be through a question. So you might say, so I'm going to go back to the Agatha Christie novel. So why do I like reading? Why would I like reading Agatha Christie novels? It's all about imagination. And then that leads you into how it gets you thinking. So, you, you, so, so your transition is by asking a question. So why, but why, why would I like reading when I can watch YouTube, when I can go to Twitch, when I can play a game, when I can go to Netflix, when I can... Why would anyone want to sit down and read? And then you pause. See, it's imagination gets in your head it makes you it gives you this whole other world to construct and it's yours and it's private and it's yours and it's yours right so you're playing with that so you want to be thinking as you're outlining how it's all going to come together that's really important you know that you've got 4 minutes you know that you've got 5 parts to a speech introduction conclusion second third fourth parts are Point one, point two, point three. You might not get to them all. That's why you want to make sure that you know your speech and you've practiced it. From your outline, you write it. You write it out loud so that you hear it. And you practice the life out of it 30 times or so. We'll talk a little bit more about practicing in a second. But all of these things come together and you've got a nice organizational flow that you've written and then you, you know it. There's a, is there a difference between memorizing and knowing a speech? True or false, memorizing and knowing a speech are the same thing. Who wants to jump in? Nice true and false answer there. True and false. Memorizing and knowing a speech are the same thing. True or false. Who wants to jump in? 
Um, false. But why? That's good. You you are um, right. Because memorizing the speech is just remembering it word by word. But when you know your speech, you can just edit it and tweak it. Yeah. As much as you need while doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. You want to know your speech so that, and, and this, this happens to me all the time. I'll give you my example. So I, I literally will practice a four minute speech about 30 times. And as I practice it, every time I'm doing it, every time I mess up on a gesture, every time I stumble on a word, every time I do an, um, it's like, oh, I start from the beginning again. And I go through it. And what I find happens is I, as I've been writing things and as I've been, you know, crossing them off, sometimes by the 30th time, I'm back to the second way that I'd done it because it just worked better. And I realize, oh, that word, that, those words just work better. They sound better. And then sometimes after I've done all the practicing and by the time I get to my last two or three things, I'll then practice with the TV on. I'll then practice playing loud music. I'll then practice, believe this, and this one is not mine. This is completely stolen from a guy named Reeves, and I'll show you, he's a performance poet. I love Reeves. Uh, he's he's a lot like, lot like Sarah Kay, so I'll share you some of Sarah Kay's stuff too if you've never heard of her. Performance poetry is awesome. It, what Reeves does is when he's practicing a speech, so he'll, he's kind of like me, he'll do it 30 times or so. He gets to the end, he practices the speech standing on one foot. I know it sounds weird, but you have to concentrate to stand on one foot, so imagine standing on one foot and saying a speech, and he turns on the TV. So the TV's playing, and he's standing on one foot, and he's saying a speech. And if you get it right, you get it the way you intended, you're ready to go. And so I go through that similar kind of process because I'm paranoid, right? And I want to make sure that anything could happen and I'm going to get my speech going. Many times when I'm doing my, my speech, then I'm up there on doing my show, I've got the plan, I've got the plan, I've got the plan, I've been working through, and then I find when I'm doing it, I see the audience, I see what's going on, and see what the day, I've listened to people who've gone before me, I then alter the speech a little bit. Usually going back to something that I'd already planned and already tried, but that I thought, I'm not gonna do that after all. So because you know it, you can manipulate your work and still hit all of the bits and hit all the time. If, as, as uh, you folks have said, if you've memorized your speech, you're doomed. Because you can't, you've got no flexibility, you get really nervous. If you forget something, you're stuck there. So you really want to know it. You want to be at home with it. If you know the topic, it's even easier because you know you and you know what you're talking about. And then the problem is just focusing in and making sure that you, you have some boundaries to keep going. But uh, excellent, excellent. I like what I'm hearing there. That's that's very good. So the other bit, and do, oh, sorry, do we have any questions at this point or observations, anything you want to fire in? If you do, th just jump in, fire it through on the questions. Any questions or things? Fatma, fire away. Again, Professor, it's clear. Oh, okay. <laughs> just clap. Okay, perfect. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Does anyone have any, any questions or anything? If you do, really, truly, just jump in. Little, as I said, little things. Practice it out loud. Outline it. You know the time. You know the, the you know the setup. And the, the the reality is that setup, that five points. When you listen to great speeches, and so I'm, you might say, oh, I'm going to go listen to the, you know, there's some there's some speeches that are, are pretty popular. So that might be that have, that have been done pretty well. So you might say, oh, I want to go listen to an Obama speech, or I want to go listen to an Oprah speech, or I want to go listen to. A Steve Jobs speech, and there are, you know, there are some great ones that people have done. They typically follow that pattern. Introduction and conclusion, three points in the middle. 
That's it. They all follow the same pattern. It's just, it just works. It's convenient. It's easy. It, it seems to have a nice flow. We like the number three, things that are grouped together. Very odd. The psychology students will go and do the research and tell me why, but it just seems to work. Now, here's the other thing. You have a theme, you have a topic for your speech. Okay, we got that. First one, we're talking about you. This is the real me. The last one is a motivational speech. You're doing a motivational speech, a, a TED Talk. In between, you're going to have a persuasive speech and you're going to have an informative speech. So you've got four different styles of speeches and you have four different themes slash titles slash topics. That's clear with everyone, right? So you have four different types of speeches, an intro speech, an informative speech, a persuasive speech, and a motivational speech. So you got four different speeches. All four speeches have different themes or different titles. Okay, so you got four different things you're going to talk about. Great, we get it. Important to realize that in any theme and with any title and with any type of speech, so whether I'm doing an informative speech or persuasive speech or motivational speech, there are different ways to organize what you're going to talk about. And this is important to keep in mind as you start thinking about your speech, how am I going to do my speech? So, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So he said, what do you mean? How am I going to do my speech? Well, you know that you have five points, right? You, well, three points, point one, point two, point three. you know, you have a conclusion and you know, you have an introduction. So I know I have a format that I'm following. I have a box. I know that I know how long it's going to go. I know I've got four minutes to do my, to get from my intro to my conclusion. But what you need to be thinking about is how am I actually going to organize the main points of my speech? So that those point one, point two, and point three that are going to have the examples or the stories, how am I going to organize those? And this depends on your speech. And it depends on how you want to do it. And again, this is something that you want to think about. So am I going to organize them by time? So the real me, if I'm going to talk about me in that sense, it could be I'm organizing it from when I went to high school, when I went to university, when I was in the UAE. So that would be a chronological organization. I'm order organizing it by time. Maybe the real me's changed over time. If I'm talking about, about a a persuasive speech and wearing seatbelts. Maybe I'm going to talk about over a period of time. If I'm going to talk about coronavirus, I mean, it, and I, I, I don't know which speech we would fit that one into. Just so maybe persuasive. But if I was going to talk about Corona, there's a chronology to Corona from January to now, right? When did we go into lockdown? March to now. So there's quite a chronology on how things have changed. So you, you want to be thinking: Am I dealing with things in a chronological context, in a time context. So my points are linked by time. And this is this can be a very good way to organize what you're doing. In time organization, first I did this, then I did that. How do I choose the book? Well, first I go to the bookstore, first I go online, then I read the blurb, then I buy it, then I read it. So I've got a chronology. When I'm baking a cake, what do I do? I get out all my ingredients. I get out my book. I turn on the oven. I then mix things together in a certain order, put it in the oven. So there's a chronology and a lot of things we do follow a time pattern. And so that might be the way you want to organize your speech. So you want to think, ah, oh, maybe I'm doing 
doing it that way. Maybe I'm organizing it by topics, by, by things that are important in my choice of why do I, how do I choose a series to watch? Well, I choose it by how long it is. I choose it by the genre. Is it a horror? Is it rom romantic comedy? Is it in Arabic? Is it in English? So that might be a topic related. So I'm choosing it by the different topics that fit into how I decide what I'm going to watch. So I might create a speech that is topically organized. And so each of my points might be point one, point two, point three with their examples might be a different topic in the selection. I choose by language. I choose by genre. I choose by actors. Ah, now that might be, so I've got three different topics to think about. Which, that, which can be good, which can be a very interesting way. So I, I think, it, you know, think about it. Is it a time issue that you're dealing with? Is it a set of topics? Those two tend to be very common for me anyway, but it, it depends. I might organize things spatially on how they relate to each other and this could be a physical relationship or geographic relationship so how things are related to one another and where they're situated so if we're going to talk about uh, the organization of shopping malls I might organize my talk spatially around the environment so entrances versus parking lots versus store locations that might, so I'm think of those things. So there's a whole spatial way that you could organize things around the relationships, the physical relationships of things and geographic relationships of things. Again, certain speeches lend themselves to organizing them that way. If I was going to be talking about geopolitical issues and the World Health Organization, I might actually do it in a very geographical representation of how ideas are represented by and influenced by different geographic issues. I might talk about physical things that are, are in relation to that. So it just depends. The other way that you might be interested in doing organizing a speech is comparative so in this in this this sense you're talking similarities and differences between two or more things you're comparing them a comparative approach might be so what do we you might be talking about why you need to wear a mask so you might be comparing wearing a mask to not wearing a mask so if one point is comparing a mask not so it's a comparative speech one point is why we wear a mask other point why we don't wear a mask third point might be bringing together the pros and cons and together and, and how you decide what you're going to do. Comparative can be very useful. We do a lot of comparative writing in what we do. So comparing theories, comparing authors, comparing countries, comparing ideas. Comparative can be very nice. Again, you're setting things up. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. A similarity, differences, and then talk about, well, one does one, one does the other thing. But you set out very specific areas. Very similar to comparative could be a problem solution organization. And so sometimes this is the problem. This is the solution. The problem might be, this is the good side. This is a bad thing. Again, we have an option to say, this is something we can do. If we do this, if we do that leads to this solution. So a problem solution can be uh, very nice. And that's very similar to cause and effect, a causal 
speech might also come in the same way that if we do this, it's going to do that. So the, the point of this being, and as we go back to taking a look at these is as you're looking. And so let me just go forward here as you're talking about this. And as we're, we're looking at some of these different ideas as, as we start thinking about these things, what we want to, to really keep in mind is that as you're, you're doing this, you want to be thinking, okay, what works for me? What am I comfortable with? What do I really like to do? And if I'm going to be thinking in terms of of uh, looking at things from a comparative perspective, well, how is that going to look? How would that be put together? So what is nice in the text is we do have a part, and that's on page four, where you can say, okay, well, let's, I want to go take a little bit of a look. I, I understand some of these. We've got a, a bunch of different, uh, different organizational styles. I understand the organization, but maybe I want to do cause and effect. Maybe I want to do spatial. Maybe I want to do chrono, chronology. So, or maybe I want to organize by topic. So what's kind of nice in the text as you start thinking about that is let me go take a look at that. And so if you go in, you can actually do that through what we've what's what's here it gives you a nice little outline of what some of these different ideas are and what it does very nicely is if so for instance if we're talking chronology putting things in order it gives you a nice little example of a speech that's been done and it says oh okay so in this case oprah's career can be understood by four key interconnections in her life story, in her life stages. And then it gives, so it's a chronology. It's looking at life stages. It gives you an idea in her what she's done. I'm not saying copy it, but I'm saying think about your own situation and how a chronology works. Ah, I see what the chronology is. So what's nice about the text as we start talking about putting these things together, if we talk spatial arrangement again, it gives you some nice little outlines on how other speeches have done that. And that, that's kind of cool. It, I think for the most part, we understand causal. I think we understand this. I think you get it because you already do it, but it starts to let you get a, 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 the ability to say, ah, this might work better than another way of doing a speech. And I think as we start thinking about these things, it becomes very important with our outline, so remember you've got your outline, what are we trying, how are we organizing those ideas in our outline and what we want to do and how do we want to have that flow happen? Because remember, your speech is that story. It has flow. It has a start, it has a middle, it has an end. Think of it like a movie. It's coming to some kind of solution. It's coming to some kind of conclusion. Questions at this point? So all I'm saying is, yes, you want to organize before you start writing. You need to be thinking, how do I want to organize this? Is it a cause and effect? Is it is something that's more spatial? Is it something that's looking geographical? Is it something that's doing comparison? How, No matter what kind of speech we're doing, it's got some flow to it that your audience 
is going to be able to bite onto and say, ah, yeah, I get that. I understand it. Do I have any questions? Do I have any questions about that? Anyone have anything? Is is anything going, what? Are are you remotely confused? Because there's a lot of information comes at you pretty quick here. The, the, The easy part, the easy way to think of this is, so what do we know? Let's quick reminder. You got your notes. You're looking at them. One, when you write your speech, write it out loud. Don't write it in your head. Two, before you start writing, outline. Introduction and conclusion. You know you're going to keep those set. What are my two, three points going to be? What are the sub points to those three points? What do I think I might put in there? Get those down in just, you know, a couple of words so that you have an idea and you can start thinking of what's going to flow. How is it going to flow? So how am I going to organize this? Is it organized in terms of, as we, as we said right at the beginning, is it, is it going to be organized? Let's go right back up to the start. Is it going to be organized chronologically? Am I going to organize things by topic? Am I going to organize things by how they connect to each other? Is it going to be a comparison? Is it going to be a problem solution? Is it going to be causal? This, if I do this, it causes that. How, how do you think you're going to organize it? You want to have an organizational style. There, you, we always have one. So you want to be thinking, oh yeah, okay, I'm using a chronology. Uh, I'm going to use a topical kind of thing. It helps you to put things together to understand, okay, what am I trying to do with the speech? Because remember, and now actually, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this. So we know this is, this is a new piece of information, ladies. What are you trying to do with your speech? What's your end goal in one word? wants to fire it out i'll give you a hint it comes so we've talked about the shannon weaver model of communication very briefly that's the sender receiver model what you're trying to do comes from laswell's model which actually is in the notes but i didn't speak about it it's in it's in last week's notes but i did i skipped over the slide laswell's model is who said what to whom with through which channel with what blank And that's actually what you're trying to do with any speech. Remember, it's a sender, which is you. You're encoding the ideas. You're sending them through your mouth, through visuals. We're not using visuals for this speech. You're sending them through your mouth to your receiver, to your listener, who's taking them in and then in their mind is unpacking it and is making sense of it. So the question is, what are you trying to, what ultimately, what's in one word, what are you trying to do with every single speech? Who wants to fire it through? This would be a great fill in the blank question. Every speech is trying to do one thing and one thing only. Have an what on your, have a blank on your audience. What's the blank? Every speech is trying to have a blank on the audience. What's the blank? Have an Wants to fire it through. Turn on your mic or fire it through on the, the group chat. Every speech is trying to have a what on the audience. And that's why you want to think about how you're organizing it. You're trying to have a... Somebody? Guess. Your guests are allowed. There's no bad answers here. You're trying to have a... A... Seems like I'm getting sick. A... No, uh, who is it? Who's got it? Who's got it? Someone's got it. Every speech is trying to have a what on the audience. 
Come on, somebody's got it. Take a guess. Who's going to take a guess? Maha, do you have a guess? Hend, do you have a guess? Rauda, Fatma, who's got a guess? Every speech is trying to have a what on the audience. Every single one. It's all trying to have one thing on the audience. Every single speech you will ever do in your life is trying to do, have one thing. It's trying to do one thing to the audience. Have an blank. Have a blank. Someone's got to guess. No guesses? Make a good connection between you and your eyes? Yes. There we go. There we go. Aya got it. You want to have an effect. Every, exactly. Yes. That is exactly it. Every single speech that you're doing, and this is Laswell, who said what to whom through what channel with what effect? You are trying to have an effect on your audience. You want them to feel happy. You want them to go action, to, to do an action. You want them to be informed. You want them to be enlightened. You want every speech is trying to have an effect on your audience. And in order to, and, and you don't want the effect to be by chance. You control everything when you're doing a talk. What you're saying, how you're saying it, where you're saying it to. You control everything. So you constantly want to be thinking, what effect is what I'm saying? And this is why I say outline, because you want to think, how am I connecting my different ideas? How am I bringing these together? And by doing that, you're influencing the effect you're going to have on that audience through the style of presentation you're doing. And of course, one of the things you need to be thinking about as you're having that effect is, how are you connecting your ideas? So how are we transitioning? And we'll talk more about transition statements. But transitions are, be, are very important. So you want to think about how do I transition? Okay. What we want to do is, this is a lot of information. You've, you've got quite a bit of information now in our heads. What I want to do is I want to take a really short let's take a, a a 10 minute break and then we're going to come back for a short period of time but let's take 10 minutes so we'll come back at quarter after we'll come back at 11 15 uh, again an opportunity to get up stretch your legs do a couple of these and what we will do when we come back is i want to talk about a quick little video and i and we've got two actually but i want to talk about them really quickly and i want us to start thinking about how all of this starts coming together in our speeches. So as I said, talking about the organization, talking about the organizational style, outlining, you do this for every speech you're doing. The more you do it, the faster you get at it. And you start realizing, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to narrow my point down to one thing and I'm going to just drill down into it. Boom, boom. Yep. And this is how I, and when we start talking about transitioning from ideas, the more you do it, the more you get used to using the same things. And no one, nobody is going to say, oh, I've heard her do that before. Because most people don't hear you speak a lot. So they don't, they don't realize that you're following your, your chosen pattern. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to connect up the audio. I want us to take a look at this video. 
And I want us to look at this video because this video is rather interesting in that what it does is it it is it, in a sense it's a introductory speech but it's also a great example of putting on that show it's also a great example of using vocal variety and it's also a great example of using stories about you to actually connect with your audience so I love this speech. I mean, there's things I don't like about this speech, but there are, generally speaking, and it, it gives us a nice little invitation, a nice little clue or, or cue and clue on how to tell the story about you and how to generally, and how to tell that story about you, how to organize our ideas and remind people of why we're doing it as we're doing it. So let's, what I'm going to do, is as I said, I've I've got a small technical difficulty. So now I've got to give you sound from one device and video from another device, which means I have to turn them on at the same time. So let's watch this talk. And it's about three minutes long. Uh, well, it's four minutes long. So you get a sense of where it's going, and then we'll we'll have a little debrief on it. But I want you to what I want you to do, and I think it's important when you're listening and watching any talk, is think about okay. Think about the parts, think about intro, and think about the outro, but also think about how vocal variety is being used, how comedy, and I don't recommend comedy unless you're good at it. Props are kind of important. Look, there's no, as you're going to look at this talk, what are you first thing you notice? It's about four minutes and what, 40 seconds long? No notes, no written speech he's reading off a little bit of action, a little bit of show. Things to think about. How is he telling the story? How is he getting us to connect? So I, I'm going to play it, and then we'll come back and have a little chat with it. Let me see if I can get it all to work at the same time. So here we go. When I'm not fighting poverty, I'm fighting fires. As the assistant captain of a volunteer fire company. Hold on. Now, in our town, where the volunteers supplement a highly skilled career staff, you have to get to the fire scene pretty early to get in on any action. I remember my first fire. I was the second volunteer on the scene, so there was a pretty good chance I was going to get in. But still, it was a real foot race against the other volunteers to get to the captain in charge to find out what our assignments would be. When I found the captain, he was having a very engaging conversation with the homeowner, who was surely having one of the worst days of her life. Here it was, the middle of the night, she was standing outside in the pouring rain, under an umbrella, in her pajamas, barefoot, while her house was in flames. The other volunteer who had arrived just before me, let's call him Lex Luthor, <laughs> got to the captain first and was asked to go inside and save the homeowner's dog. The dog! Oh, I was stunned with jealousy. Here was some lawyer or money manager who for the rest of his life gets to tell people that he went into a burning building to save a living creature. Just because he beat me by five seconds. Well, I was next. The captain weighed me over. I said, Bezos, I need you to go into the house. I need you to go upstairs, past the fire, and I need you to get this woman a pair of shoes. <laughs> I swear. So, not exactly what I was hoping for, but off I went. 
up the stairs, down the hall, past the real firefighters who were pretty much done putting out the fire at this point, into the master bedroom to get a pair of shoes. Now, I know what you're thinking, but I'm no hero. I carried my payload back downstairs where I met my nemesis and the precious dog by the front door. We took our treasures outside to the homeowner where, not surprisingly, his received much more attention than did mine. A few weeks later, the department received a letter from the homeowner thanking us for the valiant effort displayed in saving her home. The act of kindness she noted above all others, someone had even gotten her a pair of shoes. You know, in both my vocation at Robin Hood and my avocation as a volunteer firefighter, I am witness to acts of generosity and kindness on a monumental scale. But I'm also witness to acts of grace and courage on an individual basis. And you know what I've learned? They all matter. So as I look around this room at people who either have achieved or are on their way to achieving remarkable levels of success, I would offer this reminder. Don't wait. Don't wait till you make your first million to make a difference in somebody's life. If you have something to give, give it now. Serve food at a soup kitchen, clean up a neighborhood park, be a mentor. Not every day is going to offer us a chance to save somebody's life, but every day offers us an opportunity to affect one. So get in the game. Save the shoes. Thank you. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry that that uh, that sharing had to happen in that way, me running audio from my phone into this whole thing, but it, it, I got it linked up near the end, so that's not bad. So there, there's a couple of, of things that we want to talk about. So what, a, a, that's about a four-minute talk. Any observations, anything anyone wants to share, anything that you kind of went, hey, that was kind of cool, that was kind of interesting, anything you liked, anything you hated? about that talk. Anyone want to jump in? General observations. You're allowed to like things. You're allowed to not like things. What what struck you as interesting in that talk? Anyone want to jump in real quickly? All right. Let, let me jump in then. <laughs> so first of all, what I thought was what becomes interesting as you're listening to this, this person talk is as you're listening to him. Displayed and saving her home. The act of kindness she noted above all others, someone had even gotten her a pair of shoes. <laughs> you know, in both so my I want to jump back here. Took our treasures outside to the homeowner where, not surprisingly, his received much more attention than did mine. A few weeks later, the department received a pausing letter from the homeowner uh, thanking us for the valiant point. effort displayed in saving her home. Pausing between points and I've spoken to you all about this as you've been doing your presentations you're getting better as you end a sentence pause take a breath let people catch up use use vocal variety to your advantage as you're presenting ideas let me back it up again here we go just because he beat me by five seconds well hold on it's right near the beginning Lex Luthor got to the captain first and was asked to go inside and save the homeowner's dog. The dog. 
oh, I was stunned with jealousy. Here was some lawyer or money manager who for the rest of his life gets to tell people that he went into a burning building to save a living creature. Just because he beat me by five seconds. Well, I was next. The captain weighed me over. I said, Bezos, I need you to go into the house. I need you to go upstairs, past the fire. Okay, what's he, what, this is an interesting way of presenting these. So first of all, he's, what's he doing? First thing, he's using emotion when he's talking. The dog, here's this person who gets asked by the fire chief to go in and get the dog. And, he, and he, so he's talking about, and he's using emotion when he's talking. He could have just, so I got there and then the first person got there before me, they got to go get the dog and I had to wait to get my next assignment. He could have said it like that. That's the way it, it, it really happens, but he didn't do that. He used some emotion. Second thing is he uses a little role-playing in his speech. So when he's talking, but when he's talking about how someone else is speaking to him, he then speaks like the person. Pass the fire, and I need you to get this woman a pair of shoes. <laughs> so he's talking like the person who's talking to him. That is pretty cool. That, that's a great tool to use if you can make it work. And it gives people, and you know what it does? It kind of gives them that YouTube effect, right? Because it's, it's changing. It's like a little edit. Shh, shh, you're talking, they're talking. That kind of works. What's he use at the end of that part of the speech? A pause. I want you to go up, get the guy, go past the person, get the shoes, and bring out the lady a pair of shoes. Everyone laughs, he pauses, and then he moves on. And again, he's talking with vocal variety. Here's that, there's the next piece. I swear. So, not exactly what I was hoping for, but off I went. Up the stairs, down the hall, past the real firefighters who were pretty much done putting out the fire at this point, into the master bedroom to get a pair of shoes. Now, I know what you're thinking. And so he's giving that thing, and he's talking, about it and, he, and he's kind of in, oh, it's just a pair of shoes. And then what does he do at the very end? He brings it all back home, and he brings the story back together near the end where he says, a couple weeks later, the lady sends a note, and what's the single act of kindness she remembers? And he pauses, and he talks a little slower. Someone even remembered to get me a pair of shoes. It's the way you're delivering your speech that becomes important, remembering there's an element of show, Remember, there's an element of storytelling. Remember, there's an element of pause. He doesn't have notes, ladies. He's talking for four minutes. He has no notes. He's just talking himself. And so that becomes really important to think about is as soon as you have those notes in front of you, you're going to read them. And so... If you're reading notes, which I totally do not support as a great way to do a speech, you'll read them. It sounds red. It's, it's a lot of work to not make them sound red. So if you make them not sound red, awesome. Or have them there as an emergency thing, but go through your speech that you know. And this is a great example of a speech where he's clearly practiced what he's going to say, how he's going to say it over and over and over and over again. I don't think I heard a single um or ah. Lots of pauses. And, and he's got a different message at the end. It's not an inform, it's an informative speech in a sense. It's a little bit of a, it's really an informative speech actually, informing us about giving and getting active and doing what you can. So that, that it kind of works that way, but it, t it tells his story. It's talking about him, who he is and through what he has learned. And so I think in that sense, it offers us some nice clues 
as to, hey, if I had to say, okay, what kind of speech do I want? I want your speech to look like his. I want it to sound like his. I think that becomes a rather interesting type of speech to do. You have been listening to Calm 230 in the summer with me, James Pikeaway. Hope you've enjoyed. <laughs> this is intended to help you, you know, get a little bit of entertainment in your life. Maybe remind you of some of the things that you need to do or should be doing when you're presenting. Or you know what? Just give you a little bit of diversion. It's all, all fun. It's all simple. It's called Calm 230 in the summer. It's my summer course. Hit the link in the notes and you can see what I distributed to the class. That's where you're going to get the link to the couple of the videos that we spoke about, by the way. All good. All fun. Thanks for tuning in. Share the link. We'll talk to you again real soon. James Pikeaway is my name. Calm 230 in the summer is the program. <laughs>